0: Inside every one of us, deep in the soul, are the dreams we have for ourselves. Dreams of what might be, of what we might become, and how we might change the world by changing ourselves. You can achieve whatever you can dream. All it takes is a plan and the right teacher. Welcome to Success Left a Clue, the inspiring podcast from Robert Raymond Riopele who has traveled the world for over 15 years, unlocking the dreams we all have. And now, here's Robert.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Robert Raymond Realpel, and I want to welcome you to Success Left a Clue, podcast episode number 28. Today, I happen to have another amazing guest. And this gentleman, instead of me trying to introduce who he is, I'm just going to let you know that I'm going to have him tell his story. But what I will tell you about him is you will want to listen to every single word he says. Because especially especially if you're in business, you may think, I don't know if this pertains to me, but I'm going to tell you it does. In life, you may think this does not pertain to me, but I'm here to tell you it does. So I want to welcome the one and only Mr. Andre Norman. All right, Andre, I want to really welcome you to this episode of my podcast. I want to thank you for being here. You know, this is one of the podcasts I've been looking forward to because of just your story, your background, who you are, and how you've turned your life around and now use it to benefit others. So a lot of my listeners probably don't have any idea who you are except for the little intro I did prior to this call. So why don't you t- give us a little bit of your background and why you do what you do today.
2: Um, I was born in Boston City. I was raised in Boston, and my, many kids around me grew up in a bad situation. Single mom, six kids in the inner city. Um, when my dad was around, it was always bad, and I mean classic, um, beating on moms, not doing the right thing for the kids. And one day he just got up and left. And when he left, um, again, you've heard this story, you've seen this story many times on TV, the single mom trying to raise six kids by herself, two jobs, and it's just tough. And then I grew up in an era where it was the 70s. I lived in Boston, which was a really contentious town, and the kids would throw rocks out our buses and call us niggers and call us all kinds of racial names because it was the busing crisis of the 70s. And I was one of those kids on those buses. Um, when I got home, there was nothing there to tell me or help me support my way through that. And I grew up with three basic lessons. One, it's okay to hit people. Because if my mother can be hit, anybody can be hit. Two, I better protect myself because when those kids threw rocks and names at me, nobody ever came to help me. And three, um, I don't have—I can walk out on anybody. My dad walked out on me, so I can walk out on anybody. Class, program, wife it doesn't matter. And that was the lens in which I grew up from like seven years old with those three basic rules. And it just didn't bode well. And when I got to school, third grade, we moved because my mom was poor. We had to get kicked out of house. At the new school, they found out I couldn't read. So they put me on a thing they called a dummy class. The kids who couldn't read and write, they stuck in room and closed the door. And luckily for me, a teacher pulled me out of the room, and she found my learning stop. She helped me understand who and what I was. But, um, I started doing better, but it was a classic. I had no guidance, no role models, no dreams. And in short, I found my way to the street, dropped out of school, joined the gang, and ended up in prison. And they gave me initially 100 years. When I went had a 100 years worth of sentences, my first one in. I used to rob drug dealers. I used to do all kinds of crazy stuff. People say, Why'd you rob drug dealers? They had the money. So, um, and when I got to prison, my three little baselines had matured from, um, from, I mean, my, anybody can be hit, I'm going to protect myself, and I can walk out to, I can really hurt people. I'm saying I'm going to dominate people in spaces, and I don't care about the consequences. And that was my attitude as an 18-year-old man walking into a maximum security prison.
1: Wow. And when you went in, so you weren't in, obviously, for 100 years, or you'd still be in there. And from our conversations, I think you said you spent 14 years in prison. Is that correct?
2: I did I did a total of 14, yes, not the 100. Okay. And was, if you added it all up, it came out to 100. I was supposed to do about 26, 27 years total, but it added up. If you added it all up, it came to like 105 years.
1: And so what changed in your attitude to get you out of prison? Um,
2: what changed my attitude was first I had to go down before I came up, and I went in as there's a pecking order in prison where there's the number one guy and then there's the number 15,000 guy. You just got off the bus for 15,000. And I always had a leader and an entrepreneurship spirit, and I wanted to be the number one guy. And you can't really announce that. But um, the short story is I fought, stabbed, and bludgeoned my way from number 15,000 to number three. Um, there was a lot of bodies left in the wake, a lot of hurt feelings left in the wake, a lot of riots, a lot of madness, and you name it, I've been through it. Um, but I made it to number three. And I was on track to becoming number one, and it was a scenario where it was just it was my goal like I wanted to be the toughest guy in the worst place.
0: And then I had
2: a moment of clarity, and I realized that um it was all about nothing. I was just an angry young man who would just become a angry older man, and my life was just I became the king of nowhere is the way I described it. I was about to become the king of nowhere. And I had that moment of clarity, and I decided I didn't want to do it, and I said I wanted to do something else. So I set a goal for myself. I said I wanted to go home and be free. Then I looked around, and all the people around me getting free didn't stay free. It didn't work. Free didn't work for prisons. They all come back at 70 85% clip. So I said I want to be successful. I switched the word, one word, free to successful. I I to do successful people don't go to jail. I said I'd go home, go to Austin University, which was a local college for me. I didn't know it was the biggest school in the world, and that was my goal.
1: Nice. And one of the things that, you know, you and I connect over that I love when I first met you is that you now have the opportunity, you travel the world and actually teach countries how to keep their young people out of prisons. And, you know, that to me, like I just got goosebumps even mentioning it. And so I want to thank you for that work that you do. But the main reason I brought you onto this podcast is because you know one of the things you and I have been talking about is that there's a lot of comparisons to the way that people in jail there's actually people outside of the jail they don't even realize they've got themselves in a jail of a different kind and one of the things you and I talked about is that out of the 14 years how many years did you actually spend in solitary confinement
2: 5 years I Five, 5 years in solitary confinement and in That's solitary confinement Four hours a day, seven days a week, locked in cells. cell. About two to two and a half of those years, no sunlight. Um, four of those years, no human contact, meaning I couldn't come in human contact with another person unless I was in body restraint. And it was just no human contact, no sunlight for almost four years of my life. They stole the sun from me. That's what I tell people.
1: Wow. And in real, you know, kind of hindsight, you actually kind of stole the sun from yourself, like most people do, not even realizing they're doing it. Would you agree with that?
2: Oh, I mean, everything that happened to me in jail, I mean, I facilitated. Nobody made me commit a crime. There's tons of people from the inner city who don't go to jail. There's tons of people who end up in jail who don't want to be gang leaders. So it wasn't the system that made me do bad things. I put myself in those situations trying to achieve what I wanted to achieve. So I wanted to achieve came at the cost of being in solitary. Yes. So it was it was a choice. I don't use drugs, I don't drink. Everything I've ever done in my life was a conscious, intentional choice.
1: And that's the kind of one of the important things I want the listeners to this podcast to understand is it's easy to get caught up in the victim role that this has happened to me and your journey. I you know, I'm a huge believer in the universal principle. Everything happens for a reason, and that reason is there to serve me. And for you, the life that you went through is what's now allowing you to do your TED Talks, allowing you to talk to different countries, and in reality, allowing you now to be able to approach business owners because a lot of business owners who are entrepreneurs, they don't realize they are solopreneurs, which means they put themselves in solitary confinement, which is the worst. The reason they do it in prisons is because you, well, you tell me because I don't have this experience, but isn't solitary confinement the worst, um, uh, um, the worst penalty you can put on a person?
2: Solitary confinement is reserved for people who committed murder, attempted murder, attacked staff, and had huge. I mean, you had to commit a huge, huge rule violation, usually extreme. And they, as a punishment, they will put you anywhere from one to ten years in a cell by yourself. That's yep. the best they can do. It's the worst punishment they have. And then on top of that, they have a thing called four-point restraints, where if you act up again, they'll chain you to the bed inside of your cell that's in the middle of nowhere.
1: And that's the point I want to get to, because here, entrepreneurs who are really solopreneurs, they just do that. They think they have to do it all on their own, so they've put themselves into to solitary confinement. And the four-point restraints, they've chained them so to their, themselves to their accounting, they've chained themselves to their desk, to their marketing, to thinking they have to do absolutely everything. And that is actually a punishment that they've put on themselves. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today on this podcast is when you're in solitary confinement, should you, and and I want to talk like to an entrepreneur that's in this right now, not even realizing they put themselves into solitary confinement. Give me one or two tips that you utilize to get yourself through that and out of that when you were in prison.
2: Well, I would first say for them to identify that they're in solitary confinement as entrepreneur or solopreneur, is you start blocking other people out. I mean, you have to hunker down, and it's just you have tunnel vision. be so being solitary is all about tunnel vision. It's all about mental capacity. Everything's in your head. Everything's in front of you, and that's it. It's day-to-day, moment-to-moment, what is crisis to crisis to crisis every minute of the day. And that's where you focus. And the objective is they to have you just focus solely on right now. Because Jamal's not if you can't you can't do anything. The days just drag out. It is it, you never complete a task because there's always another task, and it's just so. What you have to, what I did was after I caught myself going down that road, was I had to break the mode of the of solitary, which was to sit in your cell and to have a routine and to do the routine every day. I got up in the morning, I did my workout, I ate my breakfast, I did another workout, I wrote some letters, I played chess. I had a consistent routine every day, and that routine made it possible for me to stay in solitary and stay blinded.
1: Okay, so if if a person's identified that they're in business and they're solitary right now, so A, start a routine. but B, let me ask you this. Get away
2: from a routine.
1: Oh, yeah, okay, good, good. Okay, because I don't want people to think that, oh, okay, routine's the way, it's the way to deal with it if you have to get into the hunker down and get it done but to really, they need to be able to connect with other people and trust in other people to work with them. Would
2: you agree? Right, definitely. In solitary, you're in a cell by yourself, cut off from women's existence, and it's just you and your thoughts. And a lot of people aren't really really comfortable with their own thoughts, so they're not happy in their family or in community, so they're stressed all into business. And you have to find a balance. If there's no balance, you, just, you fall down one hole really, really hard.
1: But now, here's the thing though, Andre, some of the people listening to this podcast, they are lone wolves. They think they have to do it on them all, all on their own. So you tell me, going back to your experience in prison, could you be the top person in the prison on your own?
2: No, it's not even possible to be the number one guy in prison with zero support. I had to build a network and a team, you would call it gang, of people to carry out my wishes and to carry out and operate my business because we ran businesses inside. And it, it, it calls for human interaction. It calls for in, having to delegate and have people's voice back because if yeah. you stop listening to people, I'm a motivational speaker now, and I tell people the key to motivational speaking is reflective listening. So the key to anything, being successful, is the ability to hear the person or the people around you. When you can no longer hear the people, it's a definite problem.
1: Exactly. And so your gain in business is gonna be what, your accountant? Who else? Mentors?
2: You have your accountant, you have your you have uh, you have your your managers, you have your planning staff, you have your executives, you have your admin, your your executive assistant who generally covers up for all of your dysfunction. <laughs> so if you <laughs> really wanna know if you're dysfunction, go talk to your executive assistant you and she probably wouldn't tell you. Um, but the truth is, so many people lock themselves in, and because you're the boss, people allow you to do that. They can't tell you you're doing something crazy because it's their job on the line. I, for the last 10 years, have worked with a company, an agency, association called YPO, and WPO, and EO. It stands for Young Presidents Association, New Organization, World Presidents, and, and Entrepreneurs. And it's the bosses, the CEOs and the bosses of these agencies, multi-million dollar companies. And they exist because their employees can't tell them when they're making a mistake because their jobs aren't allowed. So if you say you want to do something or you're doing something, they just going to give you the thumbs up. It's your company. They're not going to tell you, hey, you're going, hey, Robert, you're doing you're doing this thing. It's starting to look kind of crazy. Your bed's going kind of long, or Your kids are calling three times a day. They stop calling and you're still here. They've disconnected. People around you, especially your admin, will see you slipping, but they don't have the authority to stop you. And, and this is where you. that listening I, I comes in. Sure,
1: if you're any. not listening. Yeah. Yes. And so, in prison, if you weren't listening to the people around you, what would
2: happen? You, you. I, we have. I have a concept called "Get it right or die."
1: Mm-hmm.
2: If you don't pay attention to what's going on around you, you will die. Um, somebody will stab you and you will just die, especially if you're the boss. Because as the boss, I control the commerce. I control the business. I control everything. So I am the central force around capitalism in prison. So any money made or not made runs through me. All decisions run through me. And everybody wants to be the boss. Everybody needs the boss. So if you want to be the boss, you have to kill the boss. So I used to wake up every morning at 5.30 sit on the end of my bed and say who's gonna try to kill me today? Not who wants to, but who's gonna try today? Because everybody wants to, including my own staff. So yep. if you're not paying attention and you get so locked in that you only listen to yourself. So you need to engage with your enemies. You need to engage with your so called friends. You need to engage with everybody and get a sense of oh. what's going on around you. Oh, you I just shutting people out, man, it's problematic.
1: I just got some goosebumps because some people on listening to this maybe go, this, has, this is too, you know, too extreme to compare to my business. And I'm, I'm like listening to you and I'm going, that's wrong. Because one of the things that you just said, listening to your um, enemies, that's your competition. That's why you got to listen to what they're doing to see if they're doing something that you've overlooked. You know, listen to your friends. This is where I would say empower your staff, empower your advisors to be able to say, you know what? It's okay to disagree with me because I'm willing to listen to you because I want to get better. And so to me, I'm glad. One of the reasons I'm glad to have you on this episode is because it does take some extreme thinking sometimes to get out of the position that's holding so many people. And it's either you know listen or die because in business, how many people are actually dying by going out of business, by going bankrupt, and yet they don't know why it is because of that solitary confinement that they put themselves in. When you put,
2: yourself, when you put yourself in a solitary confinement state of being, you become antisocial. You might wave at people, you do the ceremonial hello, how are you doing, how's your family, but you're not emotionally there, you're not present. There's a thing that I understand that you have to be present Let me get input, and let me get let me get some feedback. Let me not lock myself in this cage. I mean, your job is or your business isn't your world. When you make it your world, see isolation becomes your world, prison becomes your world, and I got locked into this. This is where I'm supposed to be, and I really believed I was supposed to be in prison and in solitary. That that was my rightful place, and I believe that. And you couldn't tell me otherwise while I was there.
1: Yep. Because you, when you're in it, you don't see it. And that's why when I have the it, you impact. don't see it. Yeah. When you're, well, when you're
2: in it, you don't see it. You double down. I triple down every chance I got because it's I'm in it. Cause, and that's what happens with an entrepreneur spirit. You keep doubling down because you believe you're going to see successes. I saw success even inside of prison. I became the boss. I became in charge. I became feared. I, I, Every time I doubled down, I could see tangible results. But what I wasn't seeing is I was going deeper the opposite way. I was becoming the mm-hmm. king of nowhere.
1: hmm hmm Wow. And you know what? That's
2: – I don't know, and it's
1: just off thought top of my head, Andre, but I don't know if you've thought of writing a book yet or if you've written a book yet, but I think right there is your title, The King of Nowhere – Because these lessons, and this is why I look forward to having you on this podcast, this is why I want to do deeper things with you to get this word out to people. So people who listen to this podcast, I I know they're going to want to be able to learn more from you on how to take the experience of prison into business, to be able to get through the day-to-day grind, but also to get yourself moving in the direction you truly want to be in instead of solitary confinement. So if someone wanted to get a hold of you, what is the best way to find out more about your information?
2: The best way to find me is my website. It's really difficult. com,
1: <laughs> And we'll put it in the, sh- the show notes as well for people <laughs> because I know you are already impacting the world, affecting people in a great way, and you're going to continue to do that. So thank you so much for being on this. And for all the listeners, remember, if you are an entrepreneur, Chances are you are a solopreneur, which means you put yourself into solitary confinement. Take the lessons that Andre just went over with you on this episode and put them into your day-to-day life to move forward, to get yourself back not only to general population, but then to eventually release yourself from that prison altogether. Because while you're in prison, you are only so good, you're not able to get to the extreme success that you truly could have. So Andre... Thank you so much. Any parting words you'd like to say to our listeners?
2: Um, I just want to say that if you're not understanding this, or you're thinking this doesn't fit you, or what is this guy talking about, um, I can just say for the last 10-plus years, I've been traveling the world, and I've met with tons of CEOs and entrepreneurs who didn't get it and understand the correlation. And I gave a speech one time at London Business School. It was at Deutsche Bank. I said, "Well, how do you want me to do this? Because I have like a gang and a history background." This is what they told me. They said, "You tell your story, and we'll draw the lines because you're smart enough to figure it out." Mm-hmm. So I'm trusting. I'm going to tell you the story, and if you're smart enough to draw the lines, your 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 listeners are smart enough to draw the lines between the two. Is it a hundred percent correlation? Not always a hundred percent, but the lessons are there. I've been giving lessons around the world, and I just want them to know um, this, this is all up. I just want to see you. Have and thrived. I mean, my life. I, if I could, if I could have written my life out or what it could be, it wouldn't have been this good.
1: <laughs> once I
2: came out of, once I came out of that hole, and I actually see, the skill set that your listeners have and the abilities that they have when they come out and they and they come out out of the hole and they come out of solitary and they interact with other people and they take input, then those gifts will just explode. Mm-hmm. They, they'll just Bless everything and everybody, their business, their family, the community, impact the world. But you can't impact the world from solitary confinement. You can only impact the 8 by 12 foot cells.
1: Got it. Thank you so much. And uh, everybody, check out the show notes. Learn more from this man. You'll love it. Have a great um, time, and we'll talk to you on the next one. Thank you again, Andre. Thank you so much.
0: You've been listening to Success Left a Clue with Robert Raymond Riopel, author of the soon-to-be-released book, Success Left a Clue. We hope today's inspiring message brings you closer to your dreams. To access program notes and helpful links, visit successleftaclue.com. Turn your dreams into reality. Please join us again for the next episode of Success Left a Clue.